Welcome to the Digestible Dynamics Podcast, a podcast for the innovators from the experts. We know that you're busier than ever, and the last thing you need as a business applications innovator is a lengthy, drawn-out podcast where you walk away with the possibility of learning something new. Well, that's how the Digestible Dynamics Podcast is different. Each episode will contain one digestible tidbit about Dynamics 365 that you can immediately apply to your business. With the combined experience of three decades in the business application space, Dr. KJ and I understand that the power of technology is not about the features and functions, but rather the value it can bring to your business to help you transform and drive growth. That's why we'll focus on the most useful things that you need to know about the Dynamics 365 platform. Welcome, innovators, to another episode of the Digestible Dynamics podcast. Last week, we spoke to Katie Zacharias about mixed reality and some of the cool use cases around that. It really sounds like we're one step closer to all being Tony Stark. But as many fans know, the mixed reality portion of Iron Man was part of his crazy technology. The second half was the AI he uses to help him be the best Iron Man he can be. Hold up. You mean Jarvis, right? Exactly. And for those who aren't Marvel Cinematic Universe fans like KJ and I are, actually, we're probably closer to nerds because we love it so much. But Jarvis is an acronym, and it stands for Just Another Very Intelligent System, which is a cooler name for artificial intelligence. Correct. But while we would love to speak on the MCU for hours and hours, (laughs) well, hold up. Maybe we should uh, start a podcast on the MCU. Hey, we could. (laughs) (laughs) we'll think about that down the road (laughs) now that would be cool we could talk about technology and how that is all possible in the mcu and maybe that is something we can explore uh, later on but when we talk ai in the context of business applications like dynamics 365 we're not talking about something like jarvis well not yet maybe we will in the future but we don't know and if that is the case we will definitely have a whole show dedicated to that version of ai so what exactly are we talking about when we refer to AI in the context of Dynamics 365, KJ? Well, we're not talking about Jarvis yet, but the AI will be talking about help sellers and customer service agents, field service techs, and other Dynamics 365 end users to do their job more efficiently and intelligently with the things like suggested activities or predictive analytics. But we're not the experts today, you know, for today's topic. Kevin? Please introduce our guest, Samir. Certainly, I'd love to. Digestible Dynamics, we want to introduce you to Samir Sharma. Samir Sharma is currently a senior technical specialist at Microsoft for the Manufacturing Organizational Unit. He has 20 years of application architect experience cross-referencing areas of system design, software development, and design principles for next-generation business problem solutions. He focuses on the systems, business processes, and platforms that support and solve big business problems. Samir also has the unique ability to roll up the sleeves and get into the code and integrations to exploit all aspects of modern software and technology. So without further ado, here's the Digestible Dynamics episode about AI featuring Samir. Hey, Samir. Thanks for joining the uh, Digestible Dynamics podcast. Let's just go ahead and jump right into it. What do you want the audience to know about AI? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. Um, Let's jump right into the AI, like you mentioned. Um, what do I want the audience to know about AI? Well, if you ask me, well, it's it's a highly hyped and buzzed word because, you know, nowadays everyone's got to do it. Everyone's got to use it um, and it should be applicable for everyone. Right. But I mean, in essence, 
it's you know there, there's a couple of uh, different myths, if you will, that come up with it, right? So first of all, uh, people think that you know AI is something that they they must use, and it's you know one size fits all, and it fits uh, right into your business, and it does everything for you, right? But in essence, if you think about it, if you really boil it down to its constituent parts, there's two parts of AI, right? And this is where will it fit for my business? Will it fit for what I'm trying to do comes down and comes to play, right? So first of all, there's a sort of narrow AI and then there's a general AI. Now, narrow AI is pretty easy to come by, right? You use it every day. If you've got Siri, if you've got Alexa, you know, those sorts of things where you say something uh, to it, it translates that. And then there's a very specific data set of that translation of, you know, what you're saying, what you're speaking to understand that and then to go and execute some sort of outcome or result. I want to turn on the lights. I want to turn off the lights. I want to do, you know, things like that. So it's it's narrow because it knows what to do when it sees a particular input and you can teach it some skills. And then the AI part is just understanding what you're saying to it. A general AI is a lot more complicated, right? In that you're now just saying, hey, machine, you figure something out on your own, learn from the data sets that you're getting. And it could be anything, right? All of a sudden, if I tell you, hey, Alexa, go wash my car, it's not going to do that, right? It's not even going to necessarily understand what you're saying. It's just going to say, hey, I, sorry, I don't know how to do that. I don't have that skill, right? So there's definitely those two aspects to AI that that fit um, in terms of what you're trying to do. And most of the times, I mean, what what I would like to tell the audience or have the audience realize is that what we're targeting is the narrow AI. And that's definitely more attainable. You don't have to have a PhD in anything. Um, and you can basically, you know, kick that off based on whatever data sets you have. And that part can be made easy. So, Samir, thank you for that breakdown with narrow and general. I kind of thought AI was just AI. So to know that there's a major difference in that really helps. So in the context of Dynamics 365, if I understand what you just said correctly, we focus on the narrow AI perspective. Is, is that correct? Yeah, for the most part, um, you know, you know what problem you're trying to solve. And rather than having a very big project that does a very big sort of machine learning exercise as a sort of PhD to make a generally smart machine, you know, you really want to focus your time on, you know, that business need. Now, you can almost think of dynamics as, uh, you know, the the source of the data. So you're obviously, the better your CRM is, the better your sales uh, force automation system is, field service, you know, whatever you want to call it, even your FNO, if you want to look at that aspect. The better that is, the, the higher quality data you're collecting, the better you can make your AI, right? Because it's basically data contingent. You can't do intelligent things with what you don't know about, right? Because that's just guessing, right? For that, you need people. Um, machines aren't going to do that for you. So that being said, when it comes down to Dynamics 365, it's the feed that actually generates the, the data, the events, and, and everything else about your business. And it goes into the AI or goes into the ML. And the, the flip side of that is what the ML comes up with or the decisions you're trying to glean or make. How are my sales going? Where am I spending my most time in field service? Where are my customers happiest or, or not happy? What are they buying, not buying, right? All that comes from the output of that ML. So it is narrow, right? And it is obviously extensible. It doesn't mean, you know, it just does one thing and that's it. But once you have a practice, you can start applying it to more and more things. Awesome, Samir. So what is the difference between AI and ML? You mentioned those uh, throughout your answer before, but can you let the audience know the difference? Yeah, absolutely. So 
if you think about it, you know, AI is, you know, the artificial intelligence. Now you can have that artificial intelligence appear in many ways, right? It could be data, data analytically based in that, um, you know, I'm looking to see some sort of intelligence in the data and the intelligence comes from the action you decide to take, right? And I could break that down into, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not looking for any information in quote unquote data, i.e. transactional stuff, but I could have a camera and it's looking around and it's now using its own models to, again, AI recognize when the UPS guy comes by versus when the FedEx come by, comes by, right? I can stick that on front of a tractor and see where there's a tree versus a shrub versus a weed and spray chemicals on the weed, right? So that that part of the AI comes from what the ML does or is, right? So the ML, the machine learning, is basically two types of data, right? You either have the tagged structured information that you know, hey, by the way, I'm looking for UPS guys here or you know FedEx guys there, and these are the criteria that I can use to find them. And then you've got unstructured data, which you basically, or untagged data, I should say, that basically says, let me know what you can see in this based on what you do know, right? So you can almost think of one for the machine learning is the data set that trains the machine so that you can then figure out what that data pattern and then obviously extend that. What are you seeing? What what else is new? What can you glean from it? And then the other part is the untagged data where you're like, here's some random data. Now, now you're looking at a horse. Is that a UPS guy? If the system you know is trained or trains itself up to understand that's not even a man right that's the part of the machine learning that it's doing so you take the ml the model and then you put it in the ai such that the model is giving you signals as to what it's seeing or doing and then the ai is reacting to it in again an intelligent way that umbrella is on top of that ah so you're saying ml being hey i have brown eyes i have blue eyes or whatever and then you put that into the AI and that actually goes out and starts to scan for that or of some sort. Is that what you're saying? Exactly, right? The model okay. is what you're using to actually build that learning, right? So it's, it, you're only learning based on data sets and things like that. Um, you you have to set that up, right? You have to have the model. No model, no learning, right? So awesome. it, it predicates that, that you have to have the model, you have to be able to learn and extend and then you have to um, basically apply that to some form of intelligence, right? Because it's it's not the model that necessarily tells you, ah, okay, then I should do that. Then I should treat this as a horse versus a person, right? That goes right. back up into the actual AI core engine. So ML, if you think about it, could be considered a subset of AI. Okay, no, excellent. And so let me jump into to question two real quick is, do you need Azure? to use AI and ML? And if so, how does that work? I think you kind of alluded to it a little earlier, but can you just kind of break that down really quick for the uh, audience? Yeah, definitely. So a AI in Azure, um, you can get in two forms, right? Either the sort of narrow that's already pre-trained for you. So, you know, you, it's all in Azure. I mean, ultimately it's all going to be in Azure, right? It's what level of hands-on or how much you want to roll up your sleeves and get into it so the the pre-trained model will come back and basically say hey listen i know how to you know do form recognition or i know how to do language translation or i know how to do you know intent determination um you know th that sort of stuff so if you're just looking to get those those narrow things that are already crafted for you um, you should be good to go, right? You should basically just buy the service and you don't care whether it's running in Azure 
obviously it's not running locally, right? But you're you're getting the benefit of all those things that are running, you know, in the cloud for you. Um, the other part of it is you could say, yes, I want uh, ML and I want to develop my own model or I want to tweak the models that I have, right? If that's the case, then you can get in there and you can actually push your own model. So this goes back to the same discussion we had about ML and AI that I want to train it based on my model. My information is a little different. I've got these, you know, special asset tags for Acme Corporation that tell me something about the uh, process or the manufacturing line or the customer or whatever it is. The, the generic model is not going to have that. You can definitely inject that and try to train it. But remember, it's not going to be as specific as as you, you know, as you could build it yourself. So in that case, you can be very specific and you can train the model specifically for yourself, right? So in that case, yes, you can use Azure both in a first principles, I'm going to do my own, I'm going to roll my own. And then you can go out and actually buy or get the pre-rolled stuff, which will get you faster results quicker or more immediately without you having to do the heavy lifting of some of the ML training. Love it, Samir. So I feel that the audience now has a strong background of what AI is versus ML, narrow and general AI, bringing it back to Dynamics 365. What are some use cases that exist on that platform where we're leveraging AI to help our frontline workers be better and more efficient and operate more intelligently? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, and and it's a, it's a tough question and an easy question. And in, in terms of an easy question is, one of the myths about um, AI is, well, you know, I've got to have data scientists and, and so on and so forth, right? Well, let me put two myths in there, right? There's one myth that says I have to have data scientists. And then the other myth is that I don't need a data scientist at all. I can buy AI services and just basically, you know, it'll do it better than the data scientist. So I cringe when I hear people go in front of customers and things like that and say, oh, yeah, you can get this ML, you can get this AI, right? You usually just call it AI and say, it's going to do better than your data scientists can. Um, I cringe because that's never true. And it's almost getting into a religious battle with a customer that has data scientists that are you know, trained very specifically in a very specific role and that are human, right? They're not machine and they're basically addressing what the customer is doing themselves, doing that very specific ML and AI models and things like that. So it's never a good idea to basically say, oh yeah, we can do everything better right out of the box and just buy it as a service. It's not true and you're gonna get in trouble. But the other flip side of it is the other myth is I have to have the data scientist. That's not true, nor do you have to have perfect data, right? The idea is you can take any of the transactional data you have, as long as you can collect it and have it there such that you can say, look, here's what I want to know from this data. If you can ask the question that, look, I know all about my sales. I know all about the number of contacts my salespeople have with my potential customers. And from that, I want to derive what is good, what is bad, what you know is going to lead to sale or what's not, or what will guarantee a no sale, right? Those sorts of things. You can tag that information and you can basically say, these are the trends I want you to look for. ML and AI does that very well, right? So, so literally anything you can get your hands on in large amounts of data, right? It doesn't have to be clean, doesn't have to be sanitized. You can push through the systems and see what the answer is, right? Now, based on the answer, again, no one's saying that the first answer is the perfect one, but you have the ability to tweak that such that you're getting indicators. Now, even if it doesn't give you the final, you know, bona fide, sanctified answer that you're like, I'm going to hang the rest of my business on this answer the ML gives, it still gives you indications, right? It still gives you visibility to what you did not know or see. And it does it faster and better than if you were to go back and say, well, I'll have someone sit there and look at all this information. 
right? So it's it's giving you benefit right out of the box. And again, the simple answer is anything you want. The tougher answer is what are the best cases? Well, it depends business to business. But if you get started and you start that process, right, you're already doing AI, you're already doing ML, and you're g- gaining benefit from it that you couldn't do based on manpower, time, and the volumes of data that you're seeing, nor are you ignoring that data because it just goes to waste. You collected it, don't know what to do with it, so you throw it away after three years. Man, Samir, I think you dropped a lot of nuggets here for our audience, and we really appreciate you jumping on, sharing your knowledge, you know, throwing, uh, explaining AI and ML and what they are, also how we use it in Azure, and then how we can then surface that in Dynamics 365. So there are other ways to do that as well, like Smart Assist, where you where you can service that, where you can get your intelligence very quickly for your frontline workers, and that's amazing. So we really appreciate you jumping on. We, we look forward to having you on down the road. So Digestible Dynamics users, please give Samir a round of applause. And again, Samir, we really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you guys. It was my pleasure. And I really enjoyed uh, chatting with you guys. Thank you for tuning in to Digestible Dynamics podcast, a show for you, the innovators, with content directly from the experts. While we only cover one tidbit of Dynamics 365 per episode, if you want to learn more, head over to our LinkedIn page by searching for Digestible Dynamics on LinkedIn so that we can guide you to the right resource to help you maximize your Dynamics 365 experience. If you have any other questions, email your host, KJ and KG at digestibledynamics at microsoft.com. Until next time, folks.